Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Energy Transition, Episode 22. Are investors scared? Good morning, Irina Slav and Dave Blackman. Good morning. Good morning. So many uncertainties and controversies in the energy sector at these days um, that can affect the mood of investors, maybe or not. In your opinion, Irina, are they comfortable investing their billions of dollars or euros in new energies? Uh, well, it, it would depend on the investors. I mean, those who are determined that uh, the way forward uh, and the way to more profits is in renewables will probably continue doing it. But uh, it seems that uh, uh, the big asset managers uh, of the world are taking a step back, uh, it seems, and so is big oil. Uh, there have been a, a record uh, number of uh, environment-related, uh, emissions-related uh, shareholder petitions from activist investors. Uh, but shareholders are not voting for them, not this year, unlike last year and the year before. Uh, and this tells me that uh, maybe there's some uh, reconsideration of priorities uh, among investors and asset managers, despite their uh, stated intention to, um, you know, the companies such as BlackRock, for example, uh, uh, and other, the other biggest uh, asset managers uh, who have been uh, giving out signals that they will be kind of forcing their clients to uh, make climate-related commitments or they will drop them. Uh, it, it seems that things may be changing what with the oil price rally and the gas price rally and the return of coal, which is quite notable, I'd say. David, the return on investment must be much higher than the normal to compensate these uh, risks that probably are higher too. Sure, yeah. It turns out that uh, even ESG investors want to make money. Who, who knew that? Um, when you have one sector, one uh, group of uh, or, or one segment of the, the economy and the market that is so dramatically outperforming the rest of the market, uh, investors are going to want to put money into it. And uh, that's happened with the oil and gas business this year. I suspect it will happen with the coal business as uh, demand for coal continues to skyrocket, despite the best efforts of the EU and the Biden administration. And um, yeah, and, and, and plus BlackRock in particular, and Vanguard and, and these uh, investor groups that do business in the United States um, have been under political pressure from the state of Texas specifically. Uh, the state legislature here in Texas passed a law last year that uh, requires the Texas comptroller to create a list of, of investor groups who discriminate against the Texas oil and gas business and disallow them from participating in uh, Texas 
uh, the state's various retirement funds. Well, it turns out BlackRock had about $6 billion invested in the Texas Teachers Retirement Fund and doesn't want to uh, go away from that business, obviously. They don't want to forfeit that investment. And so uh, uh, BlackRock wrote a, a sweet letter to the Texas Comptroller talking about uh, how focused they have been on investing in the oil and gas industry in Texas all these years and promising not to discriminate. And so it's not, it hasn't just been returns, it's also been some political pressure at the state level. Uh, and, and this is good. I mean, it's good for the world because obviously we have a shortage right now of oil and gas. Rystad Energy came, came out with a, a new study here over the last couple of days uh, talking about the dearth of proven energy reserves globally now and how much it, it plummeted during 2021 by, what was it, 152 million or billion barrels of oil uh, from the previous year. So uh, we need those reserves. We need to invest in oil and gas. Uh, otherwise, economies are going to continue to crash like we are beginning to see now uh, in various parts around the world. And, and so it's a, it's a positive thing. And the best uh, money for the investments in oil and gas, for instance, uh, probably came from from the big companies, the, the majors. Nowadays, money to invest in new energies are coming from different sources. I mean, uh, from uh, investment groups and retirement groups. So, what 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 does it mean for for let's see the investments uh, level and the risk analysis? Uh. Well, I, I mean, I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, uh, I'm not a, an investment expert. I mean, uh, yes, you're right. The, the funds, the capital does come from investment groups in, in large part. I mean, a lot of independent producers, though, are able to finance their uh, capital budgets out of cash flow, free cash flow now, particularly those who are focused on the Permian Basin and the Marcellus Shale here in the US, but yes, the majors and, and most independents do borrow quite a bit of money to, to finance their big projects. ExxonMobil uh, had a statement a couple of weeks ago talking about how they've invested, what is it, 30% more than their annual cash flow for the last several years um, in, in developing new reserves. And, and that's fairly typical, I think. Um, but yes, and, and so, I mean, the people impacted by it here in the U.S. Uh, are, are just regular people. Hundreds of millions of people invest in oil and gas in their retirement funds through firms like BlackRock and Vanguard and others. Uh, I ha actually have some Vanguard in my retirement fund, to come to think of it. Uh, so uh, it, it impacts uh, across the society and, and the risk profile, of course, with oil and gas it is a cyclical business. And so you, it's something that you have to pay a lot of attention to, get in at the right time, get out of at the right time uh, so that you don't get stuck during a bust. Irina, um, traditional capitalist uh, countries now are interfering in the market directions. What's your perception of this uh, new situation? Uh, well, I think government support um, in every way possible uh, for uh, renewable energy has really provided uh, a huge, um, you know, huge spur 
a huge motivation for investment in new energies because it's pretty logical and it's, uh, it makes a lot of sense if uh, so many governments in Europe in particular are um, throwing their weight behind wind, solar and hydrogen with uh, legislation, not just with funding, but with legislation. This means that these technologies have a future and it's a bright future because there will be a lot more demand for them in the future, thanks to this support and in the form of legislation than there was before. So it's worth it. You know, the risk seems lower because demand will be there. Uh, so this explains uh, to me to, to a considerable extent the whole ESG movement, even though on a pretty basic fundamental level, uh, it means fewer options for investment. If you invest in wind and solar because you believe they are the future and you believe they're good for the planet, uh, and you're being discouraged from investment in oil and gas in many ways, then you wouldn't be investing in oil and gas. And now you will be sitting and wondering what happened because energy stocks, oil and gas stocks, are outperforming every other industry uh, in the US stock market. I'm not sure what the situation is in Europe, but in the US, it's the only industry that's bucking the trend. The Financial Times reported it uh, a couple of days ago. So basically, ESG investors are, to some extent, voluntarily, to some extent, as a result of various, uh, various forms of uh, pressure, are being discouraged to invest in oil and gas because they're bad, because we won't need them in a couple of decades. So why, you know, why bet on a losing horse? But now we're finding out that this horse is not losing at all. And let me just mention again, coal. <laughs> demand for which is on a very, very strong rise, which I don't believe anyone expected. But here we are. Yeah, I, I, and I, I totally agree with that. I think one of the biggest, the most failed narratives that the ESG investor community has tried to propagate over the last 15 years has been this narrative of stranded assets that uh, all companies right. shouldn't be investing in new reserves because they're not going to be allowed to produce them by what, 2035, 2040, whatever it is. I don't know anyone who's in the oil and gas business who actually believes that's going to be the case. And I think there's a growing realization uh, outside of the industry and in the investor community that, oh, well, uh, these, these renewables are not going to be able to displace oil and gas. They can be additive to it. So we're going to have a, an energy addition and not an energy transition. And uh, yeah, we might go to electric vehicles and hydrogen vehicles and sort of do away with internal combustion engines. But I just interviewed the president of Cummins a uh, week before last, and they're developing all sorts of internal combustion engine alternatives that are cleaner, run more efficiently, pollute less. And, and they plan for those engines to be part of the transition going forward. So, I mean, a company like Cummins, which is a leader in the industry uh, in developing engine technology, doesn't believe that oil and gas are going to be gone by 2035, like the Biden administration claims. And, and I just think that, that the energy mineral shortage um, of lithium and cobalt and all these other minerals 
is, is creating a, a realization within the investor community and governments that um, uh, oil and gas are going to be around for a lot longer than they had uh, hoped. With all these variables, uh, return of investment, risks analysis, and uh, source of, of, of money to, to invest, the world's not paying enough attention to the energy security. That should be the, let's see, the focus of uh, government strategies. Is it correct or? Well, yes, we're seeing it right now. Suddenly, the energy security has topped emission reduction as priority number one. We talk that coal economies in Europe will fail if Russia turns off the tap. Uh, and it's good. Uh, it's good that uh, this focus has returned on the most important element of the global energy system. Um, first of all, you need energy. Second, you might think about making it cleaner and less polluting and uh, less bad for the environment and for people. But priority number one, uh, as much as uh, many activists dislike uh, this, is the security of energy, the availability of energy. And uh, I suspect they dislike it because they have never, ever uh, been in an energy shortage uh, situation. They, they have had uh, reliable, available, and pretty affordable energy for all their lives. Now they might be forced to, you know, to adopt a different perspective by the realities of the energy shortage. It's the shortage of everything, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, lack of energy security is is uh, really the at the in Europe is actually at the base of of this. Uh, I believe what we're going to see is a is a global economic recession. Uh, obviously made much worse by Vladimir Putin's decision to invade Ukraine. But it, it was a crisis that began long before then and uh, was inevitable, made inevitable by policy choices made at the, you know, by national governments and at the EU. And even the EU, we see signs that they're beginning to back off and modify their positions uh, as it relates to natural gas is a great example. They're moving forward with uh, a, a new policy that will classify natural gas as uh, qualified under their green investment regulations in, in the EU. And that's, that's a good thing. Uh, but yes, I mean, step one that, that all these governments forgot about is you have to make sure you have secured enough energy to run your economy keep homes heated in the winter, produce food, because natural gas is the feedstock for most fertilizers used in the farming sector globally. And unfortunately, and very sadly, we're about to probably see, uh, as this year goes on, uh, an awful lot of starvation in, in developing nations due to a lack of energy, due to the energy crisis and the, and, and the inability of farmers in exporting countries to produce enough food to feed the world. And the Biden administration and some European governments uh, continue uh, to allow millions and millions of acres of, of prime farmland to be used to produce corn that is made into ethanol instead of into food. And it's ethanol we don't need, that, that serves no real environmental purpose, 
And, and this is only done because the makers of ethanol have developed an extremely strong lobbying uh, practice in their industry that has a ton of influence in Congress and in Washington, D.C. in general and with the EU. And this is very tragic. And these are conscious decisions being made by policymakers that they know, they know are going to result in famine in the third world. And um, I, mean, I've, I know I've talked about this before, but it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's so sad to me that, that we are moving in this direction in the Western world. And, and it's, uh, it's really tragic for other parts of the world. It's very similar. Uh, the corn in the United States is very similar to sugar cane in Brazil. They influence right. the lobbies and. Mm -hmm. But sugar cane at least doesn't consume more energy than it creates with the ethanol, right? I mean, corn, you consume more energy than you actually provide by trying to convert corn into ethanol. Sugarcane is a much more efficient crop, at least, to use for that purpose. Um, but Archer Daniels Midland and other corporate farming uh, groups here in the United States, uh, again, have a very powerful lobby and influence on Capitol Hill. And, and unfortunately, it results in this kind of uh, really absurd policy choices. Irina and David, the conclusion might be uh, investors are not scared, on, only careful in their investments. Finally, they're becoming careful. I think finally they're thinking yeah. uh, what they want to do with their money. It, it looks like it. Yeah, I mean, thinking and, and at the end of the day, um, money talks and profits talk and, and, yeah. and returns on investment are still the number one concern, even with ESG investor companies like BlackRock and Vanguard. And so, uh, you know, I mean, I just think that's uh, kind of what runs the world, uh, yeah. at least in, in the free world. That's right. Thank you so much for this nice conversation, Monday. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Have a good day. Always both. a pleasure. A pleasure. Bye-bye. Have a great week. Bye-bye. You, -bye. you too. Bye-bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.